Okay, guys, let's get started, okay? Good to see everyone here. If you watch us online, we're extremely grateful that you've chosen to be with us. Uh, you've uh, found our, our Sunday morning Bible class at, at Central Church of Christ. We're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2, if you want to turn over there. Uh, good to see everyone here this morning. Yeah, if you're watching online, you can see just, you, you can see part of it, but there's a whole other part of it. All those people that don't want to be on TV, they, they, they go over there. They sit over there. So, <laughs> so, you know, so, so if I, uh, and you, you guys heard this before, if I repeat what y'all say, it's because these guys can't hear you back over there. They can only hear right in here. Okay, so uh, a lot of times it's hard. To, it's kind of a dead time online. It, it's kind of dead because somebody's talking and I have to repeat what you're saying. So anyway, uh, I know that uh, that Glenn Schmidt has been moved to a room. Uh, he's in room 458, I think, and uh, still still in a lot of pain, but but getting better. All right, he, he they uh, they put him in intensive care because he had sepsis. Uh, he had a uh, some kind of infection. His blood pressure went crashed. They got his blood pressure stabilized. They got you know they've got his his antibiotics up and running. So. Uh, I think Cole was going to see him yesterday, but he was in too much pain, so he didn't. Uh, he didn't go. But uh, you know, anyway, uh, just keep praying for him. We went and seen Roberta the other day. She looked really good. I was shocked how good she looked. She looked. I mean, she looked like Roberta. I was ex not expecting that at all. Uh, she can't walk. They was they, we caught him in the hall, and she was doing going to do physical therapy, and so we just we prayed with him and left. Uh, but uh, but she looked really good. She was really really tickled that we were there. So. Uh, if you get a chance to go, she's in room 218 of the PM unit. That's the new unit on the far side, the far down by the down by the highway. It's where she's at. Jordan was in 216. She's in 218. Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, our, uh, our niece Maria Bell. She's in Citizens. Uh, she has a serious uh, staph infection on her leg, mm. and it's. Extremely contagious. Uh, like uh, the week before last, she woke up with like three little spots mm -hmm. on the inside of her thigh, and by uh, the next week, Trey had to take off work to take her to the hospital, and they're keeping her. It's called. Make, make sure, Judy. Make sure that you call. Well, Pam's going to be out. She's getting having a cataract surgery. Make sure you get a message to her on her, on her cell phone. So okay. she can put it out there. She'll put it on an email blast so everybody will know. Okay. Okay? All right. Make sure they know what room and all that stuff. And when she can have visitors, let them know that as well. Well, so far, as far as I know, uh, 
Trey has been able to stay with her, and Aubrey has, okay. but right. they have to be very careful. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's pray and we'll get started. Okay. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here this morning. Father, we're grateful that you've provided us with the word. We pray, Father, this morning that things that that, that you tell us from the word will inspire us, uh, inspire us to uh, to moving in a, in the right direction and doing things in our lives that we're supposed to do, and uh, and Father that you expect us to do. Father, we thank you for blessing us. We thank you for the opportunity we have to worship this morning. We pray your blessings upon us as we do that, and we pray your blessings on the things that are going to happen here this morning. We thank you for those as well. Father, be with those that we've talked about, those that are that are struggling with their health, and we pray that you'd help us as a family to reach out and touch them in a very special way. Again, thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for the opportunity to be here, and thank you for the power of the word that we can study this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Okay. For those of you not been here and her visiting, or have not been here in a while, this is a this is the second letter that that Paul wrote to Timothy. Timothy is a young preacher at Ephesus, and he is uh, uh, he is uh, he's been inundated with with a lot of negativity. Okay, let's put it that way. There's been a lot of negativity. There's been a lot of chaos in that church. A lot of things have been going on. And so Paul writes him two letters. Uh, this part of the second letter is, is uh, he's going to start dealing from here on with false teachers. Understand there was a dynamic going on in that church, in that culture. There was a lot of negativity. There was a lot of false things being said, just like today. And, and he was, this young preacher is having to deal with all of those things. So Paul writes it probably, near as we can tell, this is the last letter that Paul writes. He's in prison in Rome, probably gonna gonna he's probably gonna die soon, and this is the last one we know of that he wrote. He writes it to Timothy about this church and about what Timothy's responsibility is. So, and, and when you when you look at a letter like this, you need to look at it and say, okay, uh, what can I learn from it? He didn't write it to me. But is there something we can learn here? And I think the dynamic of what's going on in this culture is uh, indicative of what's going on in our culture today. If you understand the, the negativity that's going on around us, uh, the, the, the ideas that are being floated around out there. Uh, Friday night we talked about what truth was. We talked about relative and objective truth and what they are. And uh, there's, a, there's a difference. People are, not, people are not looking for truth today. They don't want to know the truth. The truth that they, they are afraid of the truth. In fact, uh, they will attack you every time. Uh, in certain situations, if you if you try to espouse the truth, now, so Paul's going to write to him about this, and not just here, but it's going to be all that, and even in chapter four. So as we go along, this is this going to be a continuing theme of of dealing with false teachers, dealing with falsehoods, and we're going to have to look at it and say, okay, what do I need to do? What am I going to learn here? Is there something I need to learn? And I think the first thing you need to learn, and it's not here, but but and I'm not going to go there, but it's in Second Thessalonians chapter two. And it says in that text, it's in verse 10, it says in that text, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Okay? You have to make a decision at some point in your life. Am I, gonna, am I willing to listen to what the truth has to say? Am I willing to stand on that truth, be planted in the truth, and let it go wherever it's going to go in my life? You know, that's why I pray that, that God would inspire us with the word this morning. Inspire us to a living that maybe we're not comfortable with. 
but inspire us to a different kind of living. So we're going to start in, uh, in verse uh, 14, and I'm going to read a few verses, and then we're going to stop and talk about this. Okay. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker, who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter because, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them, Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have declared, departed from the truth. They say that the, the resurrection has already taken place and, the, and they destroy the faith of some. I'm going to stop right there. Okay, There's a whole lot here. First thing he says, he says, you keep reminding God's people of these things. That these things he's talking about are the things that he's been talking about for, for a letter and a half now. Talking about the gospel. Talking about the truth of the resurrection. Talking about the, the, the truth of, of God's people being elect. Of having the spirit coming from the, whole, the God indwelling us with his, with his spirit. Those are the things he's saying. Remind them of these things. We talked about it before. We talked about it for a couple of weeks. He says, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Remember that? And remember that he was a descendant and an ancestor of David. And that's significant because David was promised way back when he was promised that he was going to always have a, a, a representative or a seed line on the throne forever. God's told him forever. Okay? And Jesus is the culmination of that. Going to be, a, a, going to be on the throne forever. He is king. There is no more king coming. He said, remind them of these things because the culture of the day was to undermine that. If they said that the resurrection had already happened, then how, how much of an undermining of the whole gospel message is that? Jesus, in the gospel message, said it says that Jesus raised from the dead, that he ascended into heaven. Part of that gospel message is that he is going to come back one day. And when he comes back, he is going to come and gather his own to himself. That hasn't happened. It hadn't happened there, but they were they were twisting things around to make it seem like they were telling the truth, and they were they were shipwrecking something. If you go back to first, and I want you to look, just look back at First Timothy for just a minute. Here's where we first see this guy. Okay. Look at the, at, uh, uh, at verse 3. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ, to godly teaching, they're conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, self, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have who've been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. You know, he talks about, in another text, he talks about the, uh, he talks about this guy, this the name of this guy, and he said this guy has shipwrecked his faith. His faith is shipwrecked. Here he said he said that these guys have uh, uh, they have destroyed the faith of some. So it wasn't just them; it was they were destroying the faith of people. You know that happens when someone comes in, starts teaching you things that you do not know are true or not true, and you believe them. How many of you? have watched a preacher of one kind or another on the internet or on TV in the last month. How many of you have done that? No? Wow. Good for you. Good for you. 
How many of you know of a preacher that pre that teaches or preaches somewhere else that preaches things that are not true? You've heard the name. If I made, if I said a name, you would know who they are. I listen to a lot of them because I want to know what they're teaching. I want to know what am I up against. What when I see something like this, how can I connect it to today? Because you say, well, this was written two thousand years ago. This doesn't have any connection to me. This doesn't mean anything to me. But when he says here in verse 14, he says, Warning them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Tell me what you think that means. What do you think it means to quarrel about words? Tell me what you think it means. It, now, I'm not talking about between you husbands and wives. I'm not, I saw a couple laughing at each other. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in the church quarreling about words. Tell me what that means. Yeah, Kale? It's about reading into a word and Okay. And, and manipulating it, okay. having arguments over, well, this word actually means this. Or, I don't know. I think the word actually means this. Okay. All right. Anybody else? What do you think? Yeah, disagreeing with the way. Disagreeing with? Okay. Okay. What you think it says. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? I mean, is it more, is it deeper than that? Is it not just really quarreling about words, but he's already talked about in the first letter, he's talked about, you know, that creates envy and strife and all that. This is quarreling. Here it's quarreling about words. I'm quarreling about a word. I mean, you know, quarreling about the meaning of the Holy Spirit or the meaning of gossip or the meaning of judgment. Everybody has an idea about what these things mean, okay? And you may be different than, than mine is, okay? I, I, may, I may have a, I, an idea of what something said. He says, don't quarrel about these things. Does it seem like it was a dynamic in that culture? He wouldn't have said it, guys, if it wasn't. There wasn't something going on. Is it a problem today? Could it be? I've seen people, I've seen members of the church, two brothers or two sisters, arguing about something that don't mean nothing about nothing. It's ridiculous. I've been involved in it. Arguing about something that don't matter nothing about nothing. And it wasn't necessarily a word, but it was, a, it was an idea. We're arguing about an idea. You know? It just, so when you look at this, he says, warn them. Warn them about this because it doesn't. What did he say? He said, and it ruins those who listen. You know what if what if you what if you quarrel about it within your family? You know, quarrel about a dynamic. I, I, how many of you who are married have quarreled with your mate over biblical stuff? You have. How'd that work? Did you go outside, turn on the water in the shower, flush the toilet so that nobody can hear you, go outside, you know, where only the dogs and the cats were? Or did you do it in the living room or on the way home when the kids were in the back seat? How'd you do that? How'd you pull that off? Did you, did, let me ask, did you believe you were right? Did you believe you were right? In your argument, did you believe you were right? I know this is true because we've wow. always done it. We've always done it this way. This, I know it's right. Always right. And the kids are in the back watching that. And they're listening. All right? Do you think it affects them? Do you think the dynamic of it can turn them sometimes? See? You see? You know, arguing about things that don't matter nothing about nothing. You know, our, George and I argued about stuff. I'm going, man, we act like two children. We're like two children arguing about this stuff. You know, whether I was right or she was right, didn't make any difference, really. Oh, she was right. What, what was the... <laughs> <laughs> what, 
Hold on. Do what? She was right? How would you know? It's code. It's code? We have code. You see? You see what I'm talking about? Thank God I didn't have daughters. Thank God I didn't have daughters and sat in the back seat. I had three little boys that were sitting back there, you know, and they were listening. And of course, they believed Daddy was right and everything. Right? No. Until they got to be teenagers. They didn't believe it when they were little. Oh, okay. Because it was ridiculous. Some of the arguments were ridiculous. Didn't make any difference. And when you, when I look at that and I say it, it, it only ruins those who listen. I wonder how many children we ruined in families because they listened to nonsense that didn't matter nothing about nothing. They weren't godly conversations. They were they were satanic arguments. And that's what he's talking about. He said, warn them about this stuff. Warn them. You think Timothy had a problem with families that back then? Sure he did. Sure there was problems. They were they were coming from a diverse cultures. They were coming from paganism. They, the worship to the goddess Diana was in that town. The temple was there. And they were bringing these people in. What do you think was happening between mom and daddy? One of them gets baptized, one of them isn't. Both of them get baptized the same thing. You think they both grew at the same time? You think they both they both focused on the text the same way? No. They were they there was conflict and difficulty trying to grow into what they needed to be. And they weren't patient. Right? Weren't patient. How many of you were patient enough with your mate to say, okay, well, I'll, I'll listen to your argument? No. Man, I was trying to prove my argument. Man, I'm right. Don't you know that? Wake up, woman. I know what I'm talking about. You see the you see the nonsense of it? And he says you warn them. You heed, be careful, don't do this stuff. And then when you when you start getting it within the confines of the church itself, it's what causes church to split over stuff that's nonsense. Okay? Churches split over nonsense. That's what they did. They split over because two, three, four, five, six people can't get along. And they and I don't like the color of her eyes, I don't like the color of her hair, I don't like the the, the suit he had on, I don't like anything about him. I don't like nothing. And so now there's conflict. And now we're going to argue about something. And I'm going to pick out something that you did wrong that I can key on and focus on. And I'm going to, I'm going to crush you over it because I don't like you anyway. Right? You know, I had Cole call me the other day and he said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, why? Because something had happened. You know, somebody had said something to me and I didn't hear it or something. And he said, I'm shocked. I was shocked. And I said, Cole, it's okay, man. It's all right. Understand something. Anytime you get in a pulpit or behind a podium, somebody in there don't like you. It's okay. You know? Everybody doesn't like you guys. It's do we have to love each other in spite of that? Yes. I have to love you in spite of it that I don't like you sometimes. It's okay. It's a family. Do you love your kids? Yes. Paul, you love your you love your kids? Yes, sir. You always like them? No, sir. <laughs> I need to call him because I knew what he was going to say. You know, they're lovely children. Lovely children. Until they aren't. When they're at home with you, they're lovely children. When they're with me, they're still lovely. They, they don't try to pull the stuff on me that they pull on you. They don't do that. But the point is, is that, that when, we, when we love each other in a family, we have to overlook stuff. And arguing about garbage is not overlooking stuff. Okay? All right, let's move on. Look at what he says in the next verse. He said, 
Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Wow. There's a lot here. Okay? That do your best in the King James, it says study. That's not a good translation. It's, 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 that word brings out an idea that, that of, I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to study other books and that's what, that's, it's, it's different than that. Okay? It's, it's, it's more of a, uh, the word, uh, the word is more of a, uh, uh, let's see, get the word. Uh, it is a, it's zealousness. I couldn't think of the word. Zealousness or a, or a you know, a, a passion. It's what that word literally it represents. More than study. Study is not the, not, not great. Mine says one approved after being tested. Yes. But what I'm looking at is that first text where it says, do your best. Do your oh, best. That part. that part is, that part is, in some translations, study. And I think the King James says study. Maybe the New American Standard says study. Yes, ma'am. It's an old meaning of the word study to meant try hard. Yeah, yeah. But our, our idea when we hear the word study means, okay, I'm going to read. I, I'm going to read. I'm going to read. I'll, I'll study the text. It's more involved than that. It's it's more of a passion and a, and a fire to understand. That's what he's saying. He said, do your best. Present yourself. He said, he said do your best. Uh, uh, pre present yourself to God as one approved. Okay, what does that mean? That's where it says. Okay, what does it say? After being tested. After being tested. Yes. Okay, being approved. Being what do you think? Uh, what do you think? Uh, you know, Paul's got three kids. Okay, two boys and a girl. All right, here. Got two other kids, but they're not here. Right. Got two kids, three kids. What do they have to do? To get the approval of daddy. What do they have to do? Get God, daddy's approval. Just be here. Hmm? Obedience. Do what they do what he tells them. Right? Grow, right? Mature, right? See them, you know, we had the privilege to have a mason here uh, with us, George and I, and we were cleaning and, and we had to come over and say, I'll pay you, come help us clean. Come help. Man, I was shocked. I was shocked how good he is at this. Man, he, he was vacuuming the, the Bible our room. That Bible room ain't been vacuumed that good, and I don't know how long. He had all chairs up. He had to move the tables around. I'm going, dude. Yeah, but that's that's an approval because that came from his parents. Okay, that came from training by his parents, teaching him how to do this stuff. It was obvious he knew how to work a vacuum cleaner. I didn't have I didn't have to show him nothing. I didn't have to show him how to turn it on. Nothing. He just he bang. He had it. He was doing it. He was vacuuming for the foyer. You know, he was going, man. Just is he for how? I don't know. Ask him. He'll work cheese. I mean, he worked for us for about an hour. I gave him 10 bucks, man. I thought, man, it's worth 10 bucks to me, man. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's just, the, the point here is, is that, that, you know, to be approved by God, there's certain things that God's going to require of us to do. Okay? The testing's going to come. He tells us that in James chapter 1. The testing's coming. But what is it? What is it that, what, do you have, what have you found? Well, I wrote a question here. What is a worker like who God approves of? What is that worker like that God approves of? Tell me what you think. A worker that God approves of, what is he like? Someone who helps other people. Okay? Somebody, something else. See that make this easy. What 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 is it? What is that guy like? Or that woman like? Yes, ma'am. Someone who prays with someone. Okay? Well, a worker that's approved. Okay? Work without complaining. Work without complaining. Ooh, that's a good one. 
Yeah. It tells us in the rest of this. It says yeah. it correctly handles the word of truth. That's that. That's good. In, in that text, he it's correctly handles the word of truth. Yeah, and that's true. And I, but I want to look at what is he? How do I? How does correctly handling the word of truth? What does it make me into that God's approved of? Yes. Confidence of, of self worth. Confidence of self worth. Okay. Yeah. I am who God tells me I am, right. and I and I look in the mirror and I and I I like that. There that is word. there is there is a certain essence that somebody who is confident in God and and, and thus in themselves okay. because of God okay. that presents themselves to people in okay. a way that people will trust. People will trust. Okay. They're Anybody? Huh? Linda said people are approachable. Jesus was approachable. People could come up to him. People who didn't shouldn't have been next to him would come up to him. Okay. Anybody else? Of one approved. What is that? What is that person, that worker, going to look like? What are they going to do, and what are they going to look like? That person. Okay. To depend on someone. Huh? Depend, to, dependent. Dependent on God. Someone who's dependent on God. Okay. You know, I looked at this and, and I said, you know, what is it going to look like? I, I'm going to find someone who is uh, who is striving every day to find out what truth is. What does it mean? To follow truth. What does it mean? You know, when he says to rightly handle or correctly handle the word of truth, that means to cut a straight line. I'm going to cut through all the nonsense and all the bull. And I'm going to find out what the truth is. I'm going to find out what is it that God is calling me to. And I'm going to learn how to connect it together. I'm going to learn how to connect the dots together. I'm going to learn how to read between the lines and find out what the essence is of what's going on here. I'm not just going to read words on a page. Anybody can read words on a page. And get nothing out of it. Okay? And anybody can worry, read words on a page and get a great deal out of it. But I'm talking about pouring over the text. Finding out what is it saying to me. What is the what is the essence of it? You know, when he when he says correctly handles, rightly divides, you know, when he said, when he said, let's say Psalm 1, okay? Psalm 1 says the righteous man meditates on the law day and night. What is that gonna mean to me? I'm going to take the word and I'm going to make it a part of my psyche. I'm going to make it a part of my mind. It's going to be a part of my heart and who I am. It's not going to be just words that I listen to from Cole or Dan or somebody on Sunday morning. It's going to be what I think of on Thursday night when, when the day's been garbage. When it hadn't gone well at all, my kids have not done what I wanted them to do. They've done, they've, and I'm so wore out that I can't put a foot in front of the other. That is when I'm going to be able to connect the text to me. Because it's become a part of my life, you know. It says it says that a, that a that a righteous man, uh, you know, he doesn't sit, he doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Okay. If you don't know what God says, there's going to be some wicked. You're not going to know what it is. You're going to not going to know what it is wicked. It's going to sound good. There's a lot of people out there saying stuff that it sounds good, sounds okay, sounds like it's 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 a it's positive and it's and it's powerful and. And it's coming directly from the book. How do you know that if it is or if it isn't? If you don't know what the book is, how are you going to know? How will you know? If somebody if somebody says something spiritual, supposedly spiritual, and you look at it and say, wow, that's great, that's awesome, how do you know for sure? How do you know for sure if you don't know what the book says? How are you going to know? Are you going to bet your life on what that person said to you? Are you going to believe it because I said it, or because some guy that's that that's 
on on TV somewhere, flying in jets or something, said it? Is that why you're going to believe it? Or some guy gets on a pulpit mm-hmm. and says it expounds great text to you, and you and you're and it's positive because he knows a lot of scripture. I don't. I I don't care. I I used to be impressed by that. If somebody could could quote scripture after scripture. If, it's okay guys we uh we have we have a a medical issue going on here thankfully we have some some medical people in the class so we have nurses and stuff here so they'll take care of it okay let's uh now i lost i gotta get my cream hold on i'll get it you know you see the evidence of people becoming a family and becoming the essence of what God's called them to when you see something like that happen, okay? When you see somebody faint and you don't know, I mean, we're, I'm sitting here, I don't have a clue what to do. That's why I'm not going to go there. I'm going to stay right here, okay? You know, I'm going to I'm gonna let, there's two nurses over there or three or whatever's over there. I'm going to let them take care of it. And if they need something, and we got other ones that are sitting here out of the way, they're nurses as well, but they're out of the way because they know there's enough there already. They don't need, they don't need anybody else. So, you know, I mean, it's that's what it looks like in the church when the church is is following and, and approved of God. I believe that's an approval from God that the church acts like that. Don't you? You know, I have confidence that God's going to take care of that situation. He's got the right hands on deck. He's got the people involved that need to be there, and and I don't need to. And it's not me. Got me doing this instead. So you know, when you look at a text like this, and you look at you know, my my question is. How can you better equip yourself to be in God's service? Is there is there something you could do better? And what do you need to be doing? It says, it says, he said, be a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Would you say right now that you are in a place where you can correctly handle the word of truth? Yes. You believe you can? Okay. I have one yes. You believe you could correctly handle the word of truth? Well, yes, yeah. there, but I need to grow more. Okay, you need to grow more. Okay, all right. I'm there, but I need to grow more. Anybody else? But I want somebody to say, absolutely not. Anybody in here say, absolutely not? I couldn't do it. I, I don't think I can correctly handle the word truth. Nobody? Y'all are all, that means all of you are confident that you can ha- correctly handle the word truth. That's right? That's what you're saying. Man, I need to ask some, I need to start asking some questions, man. <laughs> Working towards that goal. Working towards that goal. Okay. All right. Okay. I think I know enough that if it's, if it sounds kind of questionable. Okay. I know enough to. Okay. So Larry says he knows enough that if it sounds questionable that he could he could distinguish between it. Okay. And I would go to the book and see if I That's right. And, and I'm not talking about that you know all the verses and all the text and all those places. I'm not saying that. Do you understand what point A and point C, how you get there? That's what I'm talking about. That I know, you know, I may not know who who uh, Zephaniah was. I may not know where to find him. I may not know, you know, who the king of Aram was and why it's significant with, with Elijah or Elisha. I may not know that. But I know that there's those stories there that I know I can find them. And I, can, and I know how it connects. Do I understand 
how Abraham and Isaac connected to Jesus and the cross, or Jesus and the resurrection, do I, do I understand how that worked? If I go to the book of Hebrews, am I completely lost? And I'm here to tell you that if you go to chapter 7, and I bring up one name, you're going to say, I don't have a clue. You know, if I bring up the name Melchizedek, people people's brains going to meltdown. Okay, <laughs> you know, I'm not talking. I'm not talking. I'm talking about. Do I understand the gist of this? Do I understand the concepts of it? Do I understand how it's working from this point to this point? Am I learning how to get better? Maybe I'm learning about Melchizedek. Maybe I'm learning about you know Hezekiah or, or these other guys. Maybe I'm learning those things. But am I at a point where I'm I'm trying. Am I doing anything? Yeah. My 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 goal is to leave this class and say I got to do more. I got to do more. I'm not doing enough. I'm not looking at it from the right perspective. You know, I'm not I'm not reading at all. I'm not praying about it. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm not. I don't have an issue in my life. You know, how many of you have an issue in your life right now that you need to pray about? That you that you're that you're struggling with and that you really wish that you had some answers that you don't have. You know, right? Got that? Yes. Bunch of us, right? Yeah. And and knowing that that what the concept of prayer is like and what the concept of these like are like when it comes to what God tells us to do, okay? And what He's saying in here. So, you know, when you look at this and you say, okay, how am I going to rightly divide? How am I going to rightly handle the Word of Truth? What do you do? Can you, you know, I I brought up this Friday night. I said I said I want you to give me a Tell me what these things are. I said, what is it? What is relative truth mean? And I said, okay, then what is what is uh, truth itself? What is objective truth? I said, what is objective truth? What is what is that? I had a couple people that kind of had an idea. This is what's going on in our culture today. Relative truth is going on in our culture today right now. Relative truth says whatever I think it is is okay. Doesn't make any difference what it says, what I think it is. My truth. And and have you heard that before? Watch the news. I've heard that. Well, I have a truth. And my truth may be different than yours, but it's my truth. Really. When you bring that to the to the book, what happens? What happens when you bring that to the book? That ideology, what does it do? Crash it Because you can't have that idea ideology and, and bring it to the book. The problem is there's preachers out there preaching that. They're preaching that way out there. And if you don't know that, if you not decide, okay, wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna strive to understand what the truth is. I'm gonna understand, I'm gonna strive to understand so I can correctly handle it. So if I get it, not even get into it, but if I if I have someone comes talks to me, I don't know why this is not true. What about when your kids come to you? Morality is a big part of of uh, uh, their their ideology when it comes to their own idea of truth. My morals dictate to me what truth means. If I want to be moral this way or that way or that way, then it's all good because it's my truth, and I believe this. And it's and it's, and it's called you know a relative truth is is that I'm I'm I can make up my own way. I can make up my own mind. God said that's not true, right? And when you have someone teaching that, that it's okay. Or they're presenting it to themselves. They're presenting themselves. They, you know, the big one right now is about about wealth and power, wealth and health. That's a, that's a big one. And they, a lot of preachers are teaching that. You know, that's not that's not a biblical truth. That's not a biblical truth. How would you know if it's not? 
it, it, it sounds good. These guys are, are very popular. A lot of they get a lot of money coming, and they got jets and all kinds of stuff. How would you know if that's not true? You go to the Word and find out what does the Word say. What does God say about this stuff? If you don't know where to go, there's ways to find that out. There's ways to go there. You, you, I'm gonna say I'm gonna correctly handle the Word of Truth, especially if you're young parents. You know, I'm, and I'm really, I'm, I was really impressed. You know, Kevin told me they had there was almost 24, 25 kids there last last Sunday for the for the meals. I mean, for the for the deal they do after service. That, that's impressive. You know, I'm coming today. I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see what's going on. Over there. You know, I want to see what they're doing. How well how these kids are growing. I've seen it already, but I want to see it some more. Uh, we, if we are if we are more mature in our faith. We are going to be asked by people who are young in their faith yep. questions. Yeah. What do you believe? Why do you believe it? And you have to be ready for that situation. I had that exact same situation happen to me yesterday when I went to the barbershop. And we had a long discussion while I was getting my hair cut about uh, alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I quoted scripture and emphasis in there and everything. And we had this great discussion. And it was beautiful to have this conversation with this young Christian who I've seen grow and get baptized uh, over the course of me going to him and wow. getting a haircut. See? Yeah. Learning, just learning how to deal with concepts that are out there that are that are important to people. This stuff's important to people. It may not be important to you, but the idea of alcohol and drugs and promiscuity and, and, and morality, that stuff's important to people. And, and they may think they're on the right track, and you can help them from the book say, wait a minute, have you thought of this? Or did you think about it this way? And this is what God says. And it and it can lead you to a study with someone and, and it can be it can be impressive. It really can. You know, so you you look at this and say, I tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna stop the class right now, okay? And we're gonna let these guys do their job. We're gonna get out of here. Uh, guys, we're gonna pick it up here next week. So uh, you'll be praying for Tracy, okay? And we'll see y'all next week. Thank you.